Hello and welcome to the very first Montage Film Review Sunday DVD Rental Suggestion Podcast and I'm your host Shay Trinity. During the season running over nine months I will point you in the direction of the best films and TV shows available to rent. Each season of this podcast will run from the first Sunday in September to the last Sunday in May taking its sabbatical over the subsequent summer. Whether you order or stream your rentals all online or from a real-life shop, you'll find this podcast to be an invaluable resource in helping you locate the best of the best, whatever your tastes. I've decided to christen this podcast with the anime TV series Paranoia Agent, which ran over 13 weeks in 2004 in Japan and was aired in the US the following year. Unfortunately, this is also somewhat of an obituary because... I'm forced to announce that the very talented director and creator of Paranoia Agent, Satoshi Kon, passed away on the 24th of August 2010. He was just 47 and I'm devastated by his loss as he so obviously had so much more to offer the world of animation. Godspeed, my friend. Paranoia Agent... Satoshi Kon's fourth outing as director is what I call high-end anime. And that is to say that it is not at all cutesy and it deals with adult themes. And of course the animation is well executed. It deals with themes of pressures at work, end-time society, meltdown, cheating husbands, insects, economic meltdown, juvenile delinquency and suicide. But does so in, in, in such a personable way that it acts as a buffer zone between you and the horror of it all. And that has nothing to do with the fact that it's an animation. From the very first episode, Enter Little Slugger, when we first meet Tsukiko Sagi, a character designer who's under a lot of pressure at, at work, we feel for her... When she is brutally attacked, it seems by a schoolboy brandishing a golden baseball bat and felt to be lying, not only by her colleagues, but the senior detective assigned to the case. Her colleagues believe that she's trying to get out of work, she's under pressure and is underperforming. And the detective just believes that she's of an introverted disposition and slightly strange. If that were not bad enough, she's been hounded by a hack reporter who is motivated to keep stalking her uh, by the fact that he's drowning in a mountain of debt. Oh, and watch out for the strange old man who appears from the very first episode and keeps reoccurring throughout. This is going to be very important later. A man by the name of Saruta is a runner at the production company where Tsukiko Sagi's most successful character, Moromi, is being turned into an animated series. In neighbourhoods all over the city, gossips only exacerbate the little slugger myth by attributing every local murder or suicide to him and some begin looking at each other with suspicion. This is where we meet Yuichi Taira, a popular A student who just happens to wear golden inline skates like those worn by the assailant. The police begin taking the case more seriously due to the attack on a second victim at the close close of the first episode and come to the school to question him. 
making him the prime suspect in the eyes of the other student S and hurt hurtling Yuichi into a cloud of depression with only Harumi Chono, his home tutor, to confide in. She, however, has problems of her own to contend with, and this is made apparent in episode 3, Double Lips, when we discover that Hirumi Chono has a split personality disorder which causes her to break from the wholesome existence that she lives during daylight hours to become a prostitute when the sun goes down. By now, Little Slugger has claimed his fourth victim. And in the fourth episode, a police officer... Hurukawa makes an arrest of somebody claiming to be Little Slugger. He is a low-level police officer that gets by taking bribes from um, underground gangsters and pimps whilst frequent, frequenting prostitutes. He does all this whilst trying to portray externally a wholesome image of a good man who cares for his family. But he's going to come unstuck because the gangsters that he's constantly putting the squeeze on become increasingly resentful at having to fund his lifestyle and they decide to turn the tables on him. In episode 5, The Holy Warrior, the man who has been arrested is taken into the interrogation rooms for questioning. His explanations for his actions seem to be cryptic until one of the officers links them to a popular computer game, leaving both officers perplexed as to the validity of the sub-suspect. This is my least favourite e episode, mostly because I do not like the animation. Uh, think of the anime productions of the 1980s and you'll be able to get a visual image in your head of what I mean. Personally, I prefer the more modern style of anime. And this episode uses the anime style of children's animated shows such as G-Force, if you can remember that show. It turns out that the person they have in custody is a high school student who is an avid internet chat room user, frequenting one in particular for people interested in committing suicide. Three of the friends he has made there are featured in episode 8, Happy Family Planning, as they meet at a prearranged place to carry out their pact. However, numerous attempts by the trio seem to fail. Meanwhile, the detectives assigned to the case, Maniwa and Ikari, take an old homeless woman in for questioning about the original assault on Tsukiko Sagi as they believe her to be a witness. She is a witness but what she has to tell them will only add to their confusion when another little slugger attacks occur while they still have the sub suspect in custody. Victims have identified him as the culprit but the old woman says that it wasn't him. And to make matters worse, there is a serious typhoon brewing in Tokyo and everybody is trying to escape from it. That is everybody except a young girl named Taiko, who has run away from home. She spends her time walking around the city in despair until she receives a telephone call on her mobile from her father, who happens to be police officer Hirukawa. 
This is the episode that I found to be the most confusing, so much so, in fact, that it took a few watches for me to get my head around it. This is because we have two similar storylines running parallel to one another, one set in the present day and another set in the past. However, things are about to get stranger in Paranoia Agent when two when the two officers in charge get fired for incompetence and Maniwa decides to go it alone. Ikari has to take a job as a security guard to help support his sick wife, but the much younger Maniwa becomes somewhat of a hermit and develops a, an obsession with CB radio. He is convinced that Little Slugger is really some kind of supernatural being and goes in search of the ancient master. As Ikari becomes lost in an illusion that he has created for himself due to the fact that he feels that the world around him is without morals and not a place for him and he longs for the bygone age of pre-war Japan. All of this as Little Slugger gets stronger and stronger, bringing the situation to a time when the earth indeed stood still. But remember, to begin, the story seems to have ended, spins back to the place where it began. Following each stepping stone and connecting the dots, you find the eternal castle of reoccurring dreams. No mystery remains unsolved forever, and no answer is without mystery. Well then, we bid you farewell.